Right. Right. Jet. For my love. Jump in. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Right. seventh episode of Higher Fidelity, the show that couldn't be less in touch with the zeitgeist if it tried. It did try and the zeitgeist said, don't touch me. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm your host, Peter. He's Ross Farley. And he's Evan Walsh. Are you not hosts? Co-hosts. Co-hosts, yeah. We're wingmen. To my avian ribcage. Yeah. Mm, that's shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, can, we can redo that if you want. See, <laughs> yeah, the tens are over. The decade is finished. It's a decade that started with you entering our lives, Ross. Oh yeah. Um, that sounds like we had you. Yeah, <laughs> you, we met you. Our friendship was pregnant this time ten years ago. Cause okay. No, it would, in February it would, uh, it would become apparent that our friendship was pregnant, and we would then give birth to it in August, September time. The Stripes were organising a gig called Stripe Stock. It was a gig that was an absolute unmitigated disaster that everyone was very proud of. <laughs> we were rehearsing, getting our set together, and Ross was going to come down and do a track with us. Now, unfortunately, the first song you ever played with us was Heartbeats by Jose Gonzalez. Yeah, it was. Uh, a sickening start to a great friendship. It's literally the most depressing thing anyone's ever... Well, yeah. see, I, I remember at the time, when the gig was finished, everybody was so happy at how it went. Mm. And then we forgot about it, and then looked back on it, and then realised, oh, And a great, a great shame descended on us. I can see this out from here, because we have it up in the wall in the room, just to remind us how far we've come and how easily we could fall back into mm. the, old, the old ways of, of yeah. 2010. It's doing still fear. I got a feeling, not the Beatles, the other best band beginning with B, mm. the Black Eyed Peas. The BPEs. No, the BEPs. The Beps. Yeah. With Will I Am, uh, Only Dies Will Be Will I Was, with Ferg I.E. <laughs> and the Asian man who no one knows whose name he is. Dappy. <laughs> uh, I got a feeling medleyed with whiskey in the jar, followed by I Feel Fine, not too bad. But I Feel Fine, not the Black Eyed Peas now, this is the Beatles this time. Yes. Uh, Goodbye Mr. A, could do worse. Spider-Man theme, in the style of the Ramones, that's pretty cool. We did if well we, there. If it was done in a cool set. I, we did a lot of theme songs early on. I love the idea of a band doing a theme, and that would have been great, but the festival of mediocrity it surrounds. <laughs> yeah, well the thing is, bands doing theme songs is great, except for when the jam do Batman. Yeah. After Spider-Man, we followed that up with uh, Waffles. An atrocious, atrocious piece of music that I had on my phone, on my Sony Ericsson uh, W110. Someone sent me a little video of a waffle singing the waffle song, which went... Do you like waffles? Yeah, I like waffles. Do you like pancakes? Yeah, I like pancakes. Do you like French toast? No. See, this was the gag that we put in. Yeah. Originally, the song went on to continue saying, Do you like French toast? Yeah, we like French toast. Do you do Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Can't wait to get a mouthful. Can't wait to get a mouthful. And we instead changed that to let's subvert expectations and go, No. We should have said no to the song. Followed by Teenage Kicks, uh, rock and roll music. Uh, followed by Ghostbusters, again, the second of the themes that we do in this set. The Ghostbusters theme, I mean, Ray Parker Jr. ripping off. Uh, this is the closest we ever came to covering Huey Lewis in the news, and that saddens me as well, because it's mm. a blatant rip-off of I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the news. It branched off into making um, dog toys. Uh, Chewy Lewis and the Chews. <laughs> After that, it looks like it says... I think it's heartbeats with a question mark, because we didn't know whether it was going to happen or not. Ah, uh, uh, see, I had Fergie on my mind and read that it as Fergalicious. Uh, it just looks like it is from here. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah, oh, it's, sorry, no, it was my humps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heartbeats with Jose Gonzalez, that was Ross get up into that. So you, you got up for the ninth song in our set. Uh, and then you did, you really got me. Uh, School of Rock? Yeah, Baby School was making straight rock. A's. Yeah. 
We did that. We did yeah. that. We fucking cracked into fucking Zach's song. Then we did Drunken Heroes, our very first original. The, the sort of finale of the set. Yeah, and then the encore is... I'll take one word, you take the next one I have, Ross, you take the third one, we'll all say the fourth word. Sweet child. In far from context, Ross, what's the next word? I don't know. Sweet child. Oh, oh. That is it, that's it. Oh. Sweet child, oh. Oh, mine. mine. I thought it was that one. <laughs> I thought it was, it was oh. Sweet child, oh, mine. Oh. oh so we, it's a love red, oh, We can do that again if you want. That was, that was the set. That was, and Sweet Child of Mine, we also, our take on the arrangement was that when it gets to the bit where it goes, where do we go now? Give up on the song and just stop playing it. <laughs> it's, at that, once you're doing Sweet Child of Mine, it's just damage limitation. It so is. As, as soon as you can stop playing the song, yeah. it's advisable to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at least it's n- it isn't as bad as my set was, to be fair. Your set was Scouting for Girls, She's So Lovely, seven times in a row, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> no, what else? You did uh, all the songs that were on Nokia ads, exclusively yes. Nokia. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they all come out the same year, all the songs I did. Really? I, I did um, uh, Keen, Scouting for Girls, The Killers, and that's all I can remember. And you me and Josh did Oasis. You're, you, you were a shit. What Oasis song did you do? We did Wonderwall. Wonderwall, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> They did. I remember, Are you I serious? That. But this was before I even went to secondary school. No excuse. Yes, of course, <laughs> no excuse. I was yes, 12, excuse. Twelve yes, years excuse. old. Twelve years old. Fair enough. Well, you left that practice, uh, and I sent you a text, and I said, "Hey Ross, great to meet. <laughs> hey Ross, great to meet you. Did you enjoy rehearsing with us? Uh, how long have you been singing? And what are you into?" Uh, and the text I got back was, "Why do you ask so many questions?" Now, Ross, I want you to tell the people at home what you always say when I tell that story. Uh, I didn't have a phone at the time. Who was I texting? I have no idea. Who was I texting? Why did I have the bowl, Bart? (laughs) You were extending the hand of friendship. Hold on a second, right? Somebody. So, yeah. (laughs) You texted some random. But the thing is, right? But therein lies the fault with your your claim that that you didn't have a phone, Mm -hmm. right? Where any individual to receive the text, Hey, Ross, it was great to meet you. Did you enjoy rehearsing with us? How long have you been singing? What are you into? Their immediate conclusion that they would come to straight away would be this person's got the wrong number and they would, <laughs> they would send back, sorry my guy, wrong digits. Their initial reaction wouldn't be to criticise the sender's uh, uh, conversation initiation skills. No, yeah, all. exactly. Anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. I don't know who that was. Maybe they just said, <laughs> okay, I'm going to make this lad feel bad about himself and never speak to him ever again. I'm going to rip this lad. A new one. Yeah. Well, I prefer that be the way it went than me actually say that to you because that, that is so out of character for me. Is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, you left that day and I remember with the conversation that was around you coming down what, so yeah, for anyone at home I was the singer on the stripes at the time and then mm. when there was talk of Ross coming down they were saying oh this kid he can actually sing and I was thinking oh, you can fuck me right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a, a case of like so again I was asked to sing in the <laughs> I was asked to sing not because I could but because I would yeah I didn't have the throat but I had the neck yeah and uh, so followed a decade of Ross usurping every single thing I brought to the band singing I started singing Ross started singing Uh, I started playing the harmonica I started playing the harmonica I started moving about jumping about on stage guess who was fucking lepping and bepping and (laughs) (laughs) I started screaming and shouting into the mic guess who was popping and locking and breaking beside you I started screaming and shouting into the mic Guess who started to get really bloody vocal with the ad libs? I forgive you. It's fine. We we all benefit as people from it. I think we benefited as a band because of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then following that, to then succeed with a decade of uh, successful album releases, worldwide touring, and mild 
but still nonetheless crippling and debilitating fame. Yeah. <laughs> and a mixed reception to say the least. But all that useless shit is lame. Right? <laughs> Let's move back to the decade that no one could even agree on a name for. Yeah. The 2000s. The noughties. <laughs> the zeros well, that I heard well, someone call them once. Zeros. I was assured at the time that English was their first language. Yeah. Which only frightened me more. <laughs> that decade started pre-cognitively for me. Yes, as a toddler, uh, I have like a, a weird mood board of uh, colors and smells and all that sort of stuff. My very first tactile memory, that as far back as I can go, where I can remember touch and and what I was thinking and my thought process and like mm. the physicality of it all at the time, uh, was in the year two thousand, uh, the dawning of a new millennium, a brighter future yeah. for the planet, uh, hope glistening in the eyes of people watching DVDs of a bug's life <laughs> and worrying about the mad cow DVDs disease. with no special features yet, or yeah. disc space didn't allow it, yeah. Uh, Worrying about the mad cow disease epidemic that was sweeping Europe, which no one ever speaks about. Mad mm. cow disease was, I a, was, was a huge concern. I was really scared of mad cow disease. But more importantly, it was my first day of school. My lunch that day was a bottle of milk and ham sandwiches. I thought that was pretty standard fare. This was in 1922, not <laughs> 2000. <laughs> right? I said this to someone else, and they said, oh, you were given the lunch that Geppetto gave Pinocchio. And I said, Pinocchio's made of wood, he wouldn't have to eat anything. And he was like, it's still a shit lunch. Yeah. Uh, but I, I ate it very quickly, and then ran around vigorously in a very short space of time. And the momentum I built up, coupled with the force of me coming to a dead stop in my chair, mm. forced the food in my stomach right up my esophagus and spraying out my mouth all over Orla Lynch's books. Now, the teacher came over to clean up very responsibly, mm. uh, presumably immediately regretting the path they'd chosen in life so far, and I stood up and started to cry. That's Crying because it was... Uh, so hilarious. Yeah, you know, because it was 1846 and you were going to be sent up a chimney soon, <laughs> fucking in the Industrial Revolution. I then looked down and saw that there was like some vom on my front. Oh no. And I wiped it off my hand and then went, ooh, they're sick of my hand, and I wiped it back onto my jumper, thinking as a child that the problem was now solved. Just clean. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was my role mm. in, the, in the class, was the vomit. If someone opened a door too quickly, mm. I was blowing chunks. Or if a door closed too quickly, you lost the top of your finger. <laughs> yeah, I also did, uh, I was replacing the soap one day in school, and I was running my hand along the door as the hinge decided to snap shut at the speed of light and sound, cubed. Decapitating my finger, not losing any bone, but did I did lose about an inch in being able to tell someone to fuck off. Yeah. You can't see, the people at home can't see, but I'm double fingering, finger fucking the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> giving the lads the middle finger. Yeah. And this one, look at, that is so much shorter. It's so, it it's is, so much shorter. There's so much loss of height. If you were to pose in an M&M style, it wouldn't you, work. You, yeah, you'd be favoured your left I, hand. One of the birds that I flip is a bald eagle and the other is like a, 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 a wood tit. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Also in that decade, we had Britpop 2. We uh, did. And children's TV that defied explanation. Dick and Dom into Bungalow. Mm-hmm. Ministry of Mayhem. Tricky TV. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. The Slammer. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you were on it, Tracy uh, Beaker. Tracy Beaker. The Tracy Beaker of, returns. Story of Tracy Beaker. Tracy yeah. Beaker returns. The Dumping Bread. Am I High? Am I High? We had Trapped. Uh, we Trapped, had, yes. We had Tunatic. Remember Tunatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Jungle Run. Big Bang. Oh, you you, with, with you moved over to CITV. Or yeah, I moved over to CITV, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then switching over to the Irish side of things. Um, Foreign exchange. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Now, I didn't watch children's telly before the year nineteen ninety seven or after the year twenty thirteen, uh, and I have no other frame of reference. But I'm pretty confident in saying that the best children's shows were made between the years of nineteen ninety eight and twenty twelve. I agree. Yes, I agree. Uh, Chalk Zone. Prank Patrol. Oh. 
the English one with Barney Harwood, not yes. not the oh, not, no, not no, the no, Australian no. one. Not at all, not at all. Mortified though. Speaking of Australia, yes, no mortified was great. <laughs> um, Lucky Leonard, huh? We're gonna talk about Lucky Leonard. We can talk about Lucky Leonard. We can talk about Tracy McBean. Tracy McBean, famous inventor. Famous inventor. Yeah, yeah, the poor girl. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what about yourself? So, this decade, last decade. I mean, everyone's everyone's doing the tens. It's been done. We just did it. We just finished. We yeah. Cap do what you want. He's having his life in the tens. Well, my memory is so bad that I actually can't remember anything. Nothing. You have no RAM. <laughs> You're that Paul McCartney song. Um, jet. No. <laughs> memory almost full. Mm. Uh, funny, with the RAM slash memory almost full, all the McCartney meta references going on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember uh, light. <laughs> what the fuck was I going to say? tune that's what I was going to say <laughs> no, the decade yeah I was thinking about this I think the highlight of the decade was that. well first of all I decided that my ultimate personal single human being hero of like yes you are the top person I would imagine aspiring to be me he is in this room I think but it's in photographic form oh that's disappointing um, Morrissey yeah no um, <laughs> Mr. DE7 himself I knew you were going to say that yeah Dave Edmonds for all the folks at home or on holidays or on a on a train listening to this, um, I've decided Dave Edmonds is my absolute hero. Uh, Google him. Does Roy Wood just toss aside like a used no, Connie? No, no, no. Roy, <laughs> <laughs> Roy's there. Roy's like maybe number two. But yeah, no. Dave Edmonds ma- main focus of my hero worship, and uh, we got to meet him in uh, two thousand sixteen in our past past musical life, making an album in Rockfield Studios in Wales. Spent hours with him, do him doing card tricks on us. Well, actually, he spent so long doing card tricks on us and. I then handed him a Telecaster B bender and said, oh, have a look at that. And he refused to play it. <laughs> said, stop making aces fly out of my hole. Yeah. I'm just playborn fighters. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being realistic, probably the highlight of my decade, met my, met my idol, Dave Edmonds. Ross. Yes. How are you? I'm okay, Pete. How was your decade? Something must have stuck out. Well, I mean, the decade was pretty good, I have to say, because we had a whole career. We got out of the house. We got a whole career done finished with that's not a good thing buried <laughs> we managed to fly through a career in six years yeah some people take 40 years to do that did it in six get fucked <laughs> I mean it's going to sound so poncy and I'm going to be made fun of once I say it but you know seeing the world fucking pawns we saw probably uh, 7% of the landmass Oh, I, 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 I think I remember once seeing the Eiffel Tower. Uh, yes, well, like, that's, what about the 10s? Well, what about the noughties, the noughties, zeros? The noughties. The nadas. Oh, the nadas, I, I, I would have called it the nadas. All I, all, I, all I think about from, if I remember me in the noughties, was just cripplingly shy and couldn't talk to anyone. Glad you can walk now. Awful. You know, oh, shy. <laughs> but I, wait, in the noughties, I couldn't even speak at the beginning of the noughties. I, Ross, I couldn't think. In more, in more recent news, moving on from 2007. Anyway, so in more recent news, uh, Zen Arcade did their first gig. Uh, we are no longer the gigless wonders. We're now just the less wonders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was the first time I've played lead guitar since the Tech Christmas concert of 2009. <laughs> and I'm going to play it here. Uh, believe it or not, that's supposed to be back in black. <laughs> Sounds like Gloria. I, 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 obviously, I clearly have the crowd going. And I won as well. The phrase, 
eating out of your fucking hand <laughs> has never been more appropriately applied. Yeah. I was also the only first year to ever win it as well. Mm. Like Harry Potter. I was like the youngest seeker in a century. But yeah, so the, the gig went very well. Uh, which yeah, well, yeah, well, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I we, just, had a, we had a rocking good time. Yeah, it was the Grand Social. We played, I think, a monthly gig called the Ballroom Bash. Yeah, thanks to Kieran for having us out. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. On the bill were LK and Sprints and a chap called Tig who ended up being very nice. But yeah, we had a great time. We had a very good fun playing. A little bit of a little bit of a dance being had. A little bit yeah, of a bit moved. It was great. Again, a little bit of pogo and a little bit of singing along to a song you've never heard before. Yeah, but that brings us on to our first section, which is Word on the Street. Never miss a beat with the word on the street. Yes, this is Word on the Street. Um, at the at our recent debut debut gig in the Grand Social on the twenty second of December, uh, along with having the Zen Arcade appearing on the bill, we also had a Cro-Magnon stand where we sold some, or we're not sold, where we flogged some issues. And I also brought a mic with me, and after the gig I went round and interviewed some people who looked like they'd enjoyed the show, uh, cleverly avoiding the ones who didn't enjoy the show. Mm. They were easily avoidable because they had already left. Yeah. This is what the public, the people who had just freshly seen Zen Arcade for the first time, had to say. Man, so, uh, we're here in the Grand Social, just after Zen Arcade I just played. I'm an unbiased party, I'm not in the band at all, and I have a microphone tagged to the back of my phone. Uh, just to make it look like it's more official than what we know it's not. So, uh, did you enjoy the gig? Yes. It was indescribable, but I could try if you wanted a few words. Away you go. Magical. Fantastic. <laughs> well, enough about the band, enough about me. But do you like the fancy? Amazing. I laughed at every word. <laughs> what about the podcast? Do you like the podcast? I need to catch up on it, but my god. Fucking, <laughs> fucking hack. Is it worth a listen? Are you going to let your friends speak? Absolutely. Hey! Yeah. Folks, what was your names? Lauren and Connor. Connor. This is Lauren and Connor from Grand Social and uh, they're having a great time. All thanks to me and my stupid friends. Did you enjoy that? Yes, thank you. Would you be able to say a few words for our podcast? Alright. Did you enjoy that? Definitely, yeah, very Thank you. Thank you. That's very all you need. Very energetic. Yeah. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment, hopefully. Oh, no, no, no. Right. Do you listen to our podcast? I do a podcast. Okay. You do listen to the podcast? Brilliant. Okay, did you enjoy the gig? Do you have a copy of the fancy? I know about that one. Hello there folks, I'm from a local radio show called Higher Fidelity. I was wondering if you'd like to say a few words about Zen Arcade. I'm a super outfit. Yes, wonderful. Really impressed. Did you enjoy the game? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Top class. Classic, thank you very much folks for chatting again. Did you enjoy the show Innocent Bystander Who I Don't Know? Yes. You enjoyed the game? You confirm that I don't know who you are? No. Hello there, we're interviewing for our podcast. Alan, would you like to say how much you enjoyed it? I assume you did. Amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you Was so that much for coming out by to our first podcast. Some, some multiple things have to happen there at the end. <laughs> and then, Absolute chaos reigned at the end there. And then we got one more. Yeah, so that was the word on the street uh, here at the first Zen Arcade gig. Evan, you were in the band. It went well. What did you think? Yeah, we were brilliant. Weren't we? Yeah, fantastic. Best band ever? Yeah, oh, one of. So that was the word on the street uh, from the Zen Arcade debut gig. People seem to enjoy it. Mm, I did. If you're asked, did you like my band? You're not going to go and voice your issues there. Mm. But they were very, they very kind. It's a very kind word. Uh, yeah, the schedule for us over the next few days is nuts as well. So I've just finished work. I was in work this morning at half five. Finished mm. at two. Came here. We're recording the podcast now. We're going to have a rehearsal with Frank and Sam after this. Mm-hmm. We're then going to fold the next run of Cro-Magnons issue four. We're then going to drive to Dublin tomorrow to do the, the paper round to deliver Cro-Magnons. Mm. I'm going to go meet a man about a play that I'm going to be in. Yeah. Uh, we're then going to rehearse again. You're doing a classic yellow rehearsal. I am indeed. Uh, then we're coming home and then we're recording uh, with Damien out in Shercock on Thursday. 
doing some work on the track we did with him a few weeks ago. Uh, and then you're recording a whole bloody album. Recording a whole bloody album with Bloody Music, Bloody City. Bloody shout, out, shout out to them. Shout out to Connor and the Music City crew. Uh, looking forward to meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> and Ross, you're uh, cinema? Cinema? So you want to cinema? No. Okay. Uh, yes, that was Word on the Street. Word on the Street. I don't know why I went street. <laughs> Word on the Street. <laughs> Anyone introduce Sonic Second? Funny quote or funny thing in mind? Do your podcast, baby. Do what you want. I'm gonna need a moment or two alone, boys. This is Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds, uh, before we move on with the d- explanation of the section, uh, I'm going to need a minute or two for you to explain what that's from. That was the second Jack Nicholson joke or quote of the podcast. Okay. Uh, this is Sonic Seconds where we each bring up a section of a song or a segment or a little small sliver. Section, segment, sliver, whatever bit you want of a track and just explain why you like it. I don't I don't know if we've done a Fountains Away in Sonic Seconds. I don't think we have. Well, this is it. A Fountains Away on the podcast, yes. Are they better than Steely Dan? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Is the very reason yet? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Give us a yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, right. Uh, my Sonic Seconds is. What song was that, Ross? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It was Fountains of Fountains of Wayne by Mexican Wine. My Sonic Seconds uh, comes from Pulp. Nice. Uh, poet Bon Viver. It's a song called Babies. Uh, and it's very, very, very uncomfortable typing in pulp babies into YouTube. <laughs> and, you've, and you've had to do that a lot in your life. Loads. And it's even worse than typing in like, the reverse and going babies, pulp. Mm. There's just something incredibly nefarious about the combination of those two words. Yeah. Uh, but it is a cracking song. Uh, and this is my Sonic Seconds. I know you want to Thought so. My God! <laughs> my God! It's the bit, yeah, where I only went with her because she looks like you. My God! But it's coupled with the movement he does in the video. He's got a velvet jacket on with no shirt underneath, which must chafe. That can't um, be comfortable. No, but it looks damn hot. Mm. Major pseudo cream on the nipple time after the finish. Pseudo, day. I would go pseudo vaz and Vic Vape. Mm. <laughs> oh, rub. Yeah. Not Vic Vape. But yeah, it's that, it's, and I don't know why you've done it a few times live at gigs, it's turning on my god and just throwing it my way just to be sound. Yes. Again, coupled with how he moves in the video, and my god just seems like a very, a very nice. <sighs> Man, I don't know. It sounds good, it dude. Just, the, the song is about uh, him and this friend who's a girl, and what they do is, is they habitually hide in her sister's wardrobe. And watch her sister get off with lads in the room. This is what they would do with their time. Until eventually the girl he was in the wardrobe with would go off with other lads. She went off with a boy called Neve. Uh, Jarvis takes to watching that girl's sister in the wardrobe on his own. And then one day she opens the wardrobe. And in his words he has to get it on. In order to silence her. Mm. It's not clear. But he gets it on with her anyway. Uh, and then the original girl he's hiding in the wardrobe with. Who he obviously had feelings for. Comes back in and he tries to explain. Says I only went with her because she looks like you. My God. Exactly, yeah. Now, any passing glance at a pulp lyrics uh, and you will get the immediate, undeniable and correct impression that he is a sex pest. Obviously, in, in Babies, he does that thing where he, where he watches someone after sex a lot and then when they find him, confronts them sexually. Mm. Uh, in A Pencil Skirt, mm. the first line is when you raise your pencil skirt like a veil before my eyes. Nice. Uh, it's a song called Underwear. 
uh, where there's a line says, uh, I'd give my whole life to see if just you stood there only in your underwear. This man is prepared to die mm. for the sight of someone in their kecks. But, you know, he's tall and adored by all. If he was five foot seven, he'd be in jail. Uh, <laughs> That's the highest fucking society we live in. Stop. How's the weather up there? Jail free. Sentence free. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's my Sonic Seconds. I feel like I underdo my Sonic Seconds every time. Yes, that, that that leaves my Sonic Second. No surprise for anybody who's aware that I'm in the midst of a mire of... Um, don't say it, please don't say it. 70s, 50s. If that this is Shwadi Wadi, I am walking out the door. This is a band, UK band, who had several chart hits in the 70s with 70s updates of classic songs from the 50s and originals inspired by that. He's taking off his headphones. I'm talking about darts. That's okay, right. <laughs> okay, that's fine. The day will come, lads. <laughs> no, I'm talking about darts. 50s influenced, uh, 50s and early 60s influenced rhythm and blues, doo-wop band, uh, had a lot of hits in the late 70s and were part of the pub rock scene of London. Four singers, three lads and a girl. It was a hit single for darts from 1979, uh, Boy From New York City. Got this cool drum fill and vocal moment. Just when it goes Yeah, with the shoo with a big echo on it, coupled by the lady goes alright, and then everyone starts going, ooh wow. And just pumping an R and B groove in G. What's not for me to like about that? Very little. Yeah. Great. Well, um that was Bernick Beck that was Sonic Seconds. That was, that was Boris Becker. That was Sonic Seconds. You you ex- you extraduce it. Okay. Is that a thing? Introduce, extraduce? <laughs> it is. Extraducative. You idiot! You made me! That was Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds! That was Nicholson Joker again. Yeah, well, there's another one. That's going to have to drop at some point. <laughs> I, I work hard on a lot of the titles for these sections. I didn't with this one. Okay. I worked about as hard on this as the person who this section is about worked on their thing. Yeah. This is called The Room Script Reading. Nice. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Not. Yes, uh, this is the room script reading. Ross has never seen the room, and for those who aren't aware, the room is what they call a disaster piece—a uh, film that was made with all the intentions of being good, but just through a myriad of bad choices uh, and and mi- misguided attempts at uh, Hollywood perfection. And that cognitive irregularity, a cognitive irregularity as well, a massive amount of that, a, yeah. heaping, a heaping dollop yeah. of brain mess, mm. uh, came out absolutely gash. Myself and I have went to go see the room in the Prince Charles Cinema. Uh, a place that while I lived in London I lived in London for a while and while I lived there I went there almost daily that's a lie I went eight times and there was a double bill on there one day where I went to see The Princess Mononoke and 2001 A Space Odyssey on the same day and I left 2001 A Space Odyssey feeling profoundly affected in the vaguest way possible Yeah. I was walking around looking at passersby going yeah, you, you don't even know man uh, as to what they didn't know I didn't know mm. I just knew that they didn't you know no. Uh, and another time then I, I flew over to London uh, for an audition for a, a Lynx ad mm. where I had to play football. Do you remember that you helped me shoot the self tape? I did, I did. Camera, yeah. Yeah. So I went over then yeah, and I was asked to look athletic. That was the brief I was given. <laughs> and anyone who's ever seen, heard or watched me do anything knows I'm not athletic. And I, and I have no athletic gear. So I went over in my sister's running gear. I was there in the audition in the Spotlight studio auditioning, pretending to kick a football head to toe in cookery. Female cookery. Is that how it's pronounced? Kukri? Kukri? K-U-K-R-I? I'm looking at you. 
I, I don't know. Okay. Once the audition was over, I obviously tanked it. I then went across the road to where the Prince Edward Cinema was and I got to see Being John Malkovich for a pound. I'd, I'd flown out that morning and was flying home the next morning. But I hadn't booked a hotel that night. I just said it was too expensive. I just said, look, I'll just sleep in the airport. So about nine hours before my flight, I went to Southend Airport where I was flying from. and said, I'll just sleep at the gate. I'll get to the terminal and I'll sleep at the gate. And now at the time I got there, the terminal was closed. Uh, but the check-in area was still open. So I was like, I'll just sleep in the check-in area. Now, something unique about Southend Airport is that the check-in area has a fixed open door at one end, which during the day is a measure that eases congestion, so it's undoubtedly a very busy airport. Mm. Uh, but at night, turns the check-in area into a wind tunnel <laughs> that sends high-speed spears of bracing cold wind right up my jacksy. <laughs> but yeah, so myself and I went to go see the room. We did. Uh, and Tommy Wiseau, the director, and Greg Sestero, the co-writer, star, co-star with him in it, uh, we're there. It was a special screening, and we mm. happened to buy scripts. Yeah, I got them to sign so we, them. I'm in the weird position. Of, I met them before I'd even seen the film, so I didn't even realize really who I was meeting. Yeah, we were there. We were filming Rocketman at the time, weren't we? We were. Over yeah, there we were. We yeah. were. Yeah, we went in and watched it. And they did a Q and A. We got them to sign the scripts. Uh, oh, fantastic! What we're going to do now is we're going to read from the scripts, and we're going to read from the scripts in the most plain way possible. We're not going to follow any script direction, and we're um, not going to go. You're so sexy, Lisa. Yeah, you know. I'm wasted, I'm tired. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to abstain from any themed delivery just to prove that it wasn't the lighting or the blocking or the set design uh, or the, the focal lengths or the cast inability to act or the ineptitude of the crew that let this film down. This, this film was, at its core, mm. fucked since Jump Street. So yeah, Ross has never seen a single second of this flawful majesty. Nor read the script. No. Now, Ev, I want you to go to, if you can, uh, 64. So do you want to be Johnny or Peter? Uh, I do Peter because you're Peter all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point in the story, it doesn't matter about giving the plot away because I, I literally can't. The plot makes no sense. It's okay. Johnny is marrying this girl, Lisa. She has sex with him all the time but also wants to leave him. Peter is a psychologist friend of his and Johnny works in a bank. He's just been denied a promotion. Lisa's mother has breast cancer and none of this matters. Okay. Right. Because I didn't follow it. Interior, apartment, living room. The doorbell rings. Who is it? Peter, open up. Oh, hi, Peter. How are you doing? Come in. How are you doing? You don't look so good. I'm just fine, Peter. What can I get you? Can I have some water? Sure. I don't understand women, do you? What's the problem? They never say what they mean, and they always play games. What do you mean? I'm having some serious problems with Lisa. I don't think she's being faithful to me. In fact, I know she isn't. How do you know? I overheard a conversation. I'm completely shocked. I don't know what to do. What should I do, Peter? I'm shocked too. I had no idea. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I don't know what to say. I can't believe it. But you're a psychologist. Don't you have some advice? Well, it's a very difficult situation. I'm your friend and I don't want to come between you and Lisa. However, if you want to, you could confront her. I don't want to confront her. I want to give her a second chance. After all, she's my future wife. You know what they say, love is blind. <laughs> you have a lot of faith in Lisa. Life can be tough and unexpected things can happen. Let's see, you have to face it when it comes. Did you hear the bell ring? Yeah, I did. I'll do Mark as well. Mark, hi Johnny, is Peter here yet? Johnny, yeah, come in Mark. Hi Mark, we were just talking about women. Hi Peter. Mark, do you want something to drink? Mark, yeah, I'll take some water. Mark's this is in this. Mark, I know what you mean about women, Peter. I have a girl, but she's married. She's very attractive and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> How come you didn't tell me about this, Mark? Is it anyone I know? You don't know her. The woman Mark's talking about is Lisa. She's cheating on oh, Johnny. Oh, I see what's happening. Uh, I'd like to meet her. I don't think that's Mark. I don't think that's possible. It's an awkward situation. Johnny, in a teasing voice, is she too old or are you afraid I'll take her away from you? Huh? Mark, I don't think so. Johnny, I have my own problems. Tell us about your problems, Johnny. You're always playing the psychologist with us, Peter. I'm really concerned. You don't look so good, Johnny. Lisa is teasing me about whether we're going to get married or not, and we haven't made love for a while. I'm really worried. You guys know how I feel about her, right? Lisa is very attractive. 
You never know. You should <laughs> you should talk to her about your feelings and not hide them. You've been with her for so long. Everything is workable if you talk about it. Not always if somebody calls you an asshole. Who called you that? Lisa's mother. Mark, how did you find out? Johnny, I heard about it. People are people. Sometimes we don't see our own faults. Mark, I'm thinking of moving from this place to a bigger one. I'm making good money lately. What the fuck? <laughs> Why don't you tell the truth? You're doing this for your girl, aren't you? You're right, Peter. Is she going to get a divorce, Mark? Mark, you guys are too much. By the way, are you guys running Bay to Breakers this year? Johnny, sure I will. Last year was cool. I'm not doing it this year. Chicken, you're a chicken. You're just a little chicken. Ha ha ha. Who are you calling chicken? There are too many weirdos. I don't like all the weirdos. It doesn't bother me. Mark, did you see the one with the big tits? Mark, no. But how about the one in a bridal gown with the sign? Johnny, ha 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 ha, yeah. Can you marry me? I was thinking of taking her up on it. Ha ha ha, yeah, that was cool. Mark, I never ate so much. Johnny, I love the barbecue chicken and rice. I rest my case. You guys are weird too. Let's play poker. Johnny, no, I'm expecting Lisa any minute. Mark, who is the king of the house? You should establish your position before you get married. By the way, how did you meet Lisa? You never told us, Johnny. Oh yeah, it's an interesting story. When I come to San Francisco on the Greyhound with two suitcases, I didn't know anybody. I hit the YMCA with $2,000 check I couldn't cash. Mark, why not? Johnny, because it was an out-of-state bank. Anyway, I did not have any family anywhere. I met Lisa working as a busboy in a hotel. She was drinking her coffee and she was beautiful and I said hi to her. That's how we met. Mark, what's the interesting part? Johnny, well, on our first date, she had to buy me dinner. Mark, what? No tips from your job. Johnny, whatever. Do you guys want to eat something? End scene. What the fuck did I just do? <laughs> that is so bad. You have to see it. It's hi, Mark. Hi, Peter. That woman's very attractive. Oh, hi, Peter. That's how it's paced as well. It's that quick. quick. People yeah. do beta breakers. They start talking about this weird event that we've never heard of before for no yeah, reason. That's There's so th weird. It's too, too many weirdos at it. Are you doing that on Wednesday evening? Wednesday evening? I don't know. Want to watch it? Possibly. Cool. Alright. That was the room script reading. And myself and Ross just made plans to watch it. No. <laughs> but if I watch the room, we can never do this section again. It's a one-timer. Okay. I, it, feels like, it feels like a one-timer. Uh, people are listening, if they want to hear myself and Ev read the script more, please get in touch with us. Yeah, read the script. Uh, okay, that was the room script reading. The most unimaginable type... The most unimaginable type... The most unimaginable type... The most unimaginable uh, that was the room script reading. Never mind the millionaires. <laughs> Bullshit, I did not hit her. I did not. Did not. This is my acoustic corner. <laughs> Ross Farley's acoustic corner. What the fight about it? With a voice so soft, it'll put you to sleep. And a face that makes you want to beat your knees. It's Ross Farley's acoustic. Yes, this is Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner. Uh, like last time, myself and I were going to guest with Ross on this one. Mm. Uh, but before we get to that, sadly, Neil Innes died. Yeah. Uh, the Bonzo Dog Duda Band, the Ruttles, the Seventh Python. Uh, Writer, author, humorist, bon viveur, and a man who played in the Ruttles. Uh, he was a man who was given the dream golden Willy Winky ticket of mm. being asked to play on every Beatle motif and cliche for a soundtrack. He yeah. said, copy... Everything. Because yeah. every Beatle thing is off limits to every musician. Yeah. Make your own Beatle album. And, and it, 
achieve the impossible of the songs themselves actually being really good and really clever and well written and being funny as fucking dead on parodies. But that's just a testament to Neil Innes' like, genius. Well. He, he, is, he is a brilliant man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sadly, he died. In, also in wrote a, the great song, uh, I'm the Urban Space Man. He also wrote uh, How Sweet to Be an Idiot as well. Yeah. It's a brilliant yeah. song. And he successfully sued Oasis for it as well. Nice. The, the, the melody is How Sweet to Be an Idiot. And Oasis is wow. I'm free to be whatever I. It's the exact same melody. I would say fair play to Noel for the going, I'm going to nick a Neil Innes. That's an incredibly so, good shout. Uh, he also had the Innes Book of Records as well. But uh, no, Neil Innes <laughs> was brilliant, a very, very funny man, uh, and we, we all love The Ruttles. It is a, a fantastic, fantastic film. Should we start quoting? Do you want to just say many quotes we can rhyme off? Of The Ruttles? Yeah. That's going to be bad. I'm not going to have uh, any. We're nasty, invited Dirk to help him stand up. Yeah. Uh, D- Dirk, merely an amateur drinker, agreed. Stingo Harry, he was a guitarist with no fixed hairstyle. No, he was no fixed ability. Yes, yes, yes. A school leaver of no fixability. <laughs> the first album they recorded in 20 minutes, the second took even longer. Obviously. Their manager, Leggy Mountbatten. Leggy had lost a leg in the closing overs of World War Two, and have been hopping around Liverpool ever since. <laughs> they go to see their kind of Maharishi. Arthur Sultan, the Surrey mystic. mystic yeah, the table the, tapping. Yeah, the table tapping. Uh, Leggy's left behind uh, over the weekend, and he says, yeah, tired and alone and unable to really be friends. He tragically accepted, accepted a teaching post, post in Australia. Australia. <laughs> Nasty, meanwhile, had written and published a best-selling book. Out of me head. I'd like to own a squadron of tanks. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they're talking about where they would have had their bed and breakfast in Hamburg. And he, in the rat, their, their rat keller. Yeah, and he says... Uh, it's me, it's German for seller of rats. Yeah. Not seller of rats, a seller of rats, a man who would sell rats to another man, as it was. In fact, a seller full of rats. Or one might say, a seller full of, of rattles. Yeah, no, look, we could cut it all day. It's a fucking brilliant film. Anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, look up the Ruttles and watch it. It's, it's the first mockumentary. It's the most accurate Beatle biopic as well. Backbeat, I'm looking at you. Yeah. In his life, John Lennon story, sit the fuck down. It's genuinely probably the first feature-length movie mockumentary. It is. No, I watched yeah. an interview with Eric Idle before I came here. It, <laughs> it is the yeah. first mockumentary. Before we get to the song, I listened to an interview with Neil Ennis recently around the time he died where he said that he, when he was given the job of writing the tracks mm. he refused to listen to any Beatles stuff. Yes, which, I heard this well, as well. That's a lie. He, like, he definitely whipped out the little Black Beatles songbook to get some chords. <laughs> but also I've listened to Mark Cremode talking about it. And oh, nice. Interestingly... You can always count on Mark. Yeah, well, interestingly, he says... The, oh, the Beatles. Yeah. But he says the Ruttles. Fucking idiot. Come on, Cremode. <laughs> some consistency, please. <laughs> Neil Ennis tragically died and... Well, it wasn't tragic. He was uh, 90 billion. But very sadly died. Um, we're sad to see him go. And we're going to, in a very mild, unrehearsed tribute, we're going to play uh, a song. I think it's all our favourite songs from the Ruttles. It should be everybody's favourite Ringo song, and Ringo didn't even sing it. It's, it's the ultimate testament to Ringo Starr. Yeah. This is Living in Hope. I'm 
one for too short. Ah, sit back down, Evan. You're making the place look untidy. Oh, the water! Oh no! Not the duality race fast pedal. There's always been shit. It's gone everywhere. People at home wouldn't understand my accent. Uh, I just spilled a bottle of water. That's that fucked. Really, the sound <laughs> that is there. that fucked. <laughs> yes, that was Ross Farley's acoustic corner. Ross Farley's acoustic corner. Um, I'm going now to uh, never mind the fuzz box. We've all prepared a riff, uh, much like mm -hmm. the intros ran from Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and we're going to sing it through a fuzz box, and the other two have to guess what it is. Uh, I'll go first because I didn't go first yet. Away you go, Pete. <laughs> change your mind yeah that's really well done because when, when, when you listen back to that it cuts out like crazy <laughs> yeah. when you hit the higher notes it goes nothing that was uh, if i can't change your mind uh, by sugar uh the band that bob mold had after the band who gave us our name who's mm. do we're not called who's do obviously we're called zen arcade but they had an album called zen arcade uh, but that song is from an album called copper blue uh, an album which I love all the music on and despise the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate Copper Blue. I'm going to call my album Magnesium Fuck. Pretty terrible cover as well. Oh, pretty good. Horrible. The man has got a head for sound but has got a bum for visuals. Yeah. Evan, you're up next. Okay. Uh, you ready to fire away with your riff? I am indeed. <laughs> Or Emmerdale. <laughs> 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 it's a surrender to the rhythm by Brinsley Swartz. Hell yes. <laughs> when you go down low, I notice this every time we listen to it, whenever you go down low in yeah. the low registers, it's Closest humanity can get to the brown note. Like I said, <laughs> my walls loose yeah. when you go low. When we do our fucking do upside project, Bags being the bass singer. <laughs> can't stay in your chair. You have to get on. Fine. Yeah, you have to be. We have to see the whites of your eyes. But it is really horrible when someone makes eye contact going. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> at you. It's I'm pretty scary. The whole time. Please, Ross. Now your turn. Come on, Ross. What the fuck? The fuck's sake. That has been done. Has it? Yeah, it has pretty... been done. It's Farky's dream by well, teenage... Well, I'll have to think of something else. Don't, right. don't think of radio by teenage fan club, you original man. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh. Go. We got it. Send me some chocolate olivers, please. It's John Lennon on the old girl's test doing slipping and sliding. <laughs> 
boss, you're you're talking to big boys here, okay? You can't come in here with that small Mickey shit. Alright? Big school nuts. <laughs> this podcast is a show. Mm-hmm. And Ross made a show of himself there. So two shows for the price of one. That was never mind the football. <laughs> New Year, the theme for this episode is new, which is why we talked about the 2000s for ages. Yeah. The theme for this episode is new, that's why there's so many new sections, we've got Word on the Street, The Room, Script Reading, and the final new one for this episode is one I'll finish later. When you listen to chronic procrastinators, you get to hear ones we'll finish later. Later, uh, a section where we play a song that we've been working on hasn't isn't really finished yet. We're in the process of demoing it, or finishing writing it, or whatever sort of state it's at. We're just gonna play a version of chorus from it, just because, you know, yeah. that was great. Mm. This track is called "Alone in Monochrome." I was thinking, do you want to hop on the farf? Yeah, I do now, <laughs> or we do it after. Do now, yeah, do, yeah. do it all live. We do all the music and stuff live now. Fucking gonna do it live. <laughs> I'm living in hope. Yes, this is one I'll finish later, and this track is called Alone in Monochrome. One, two, three, four. I said just a version of chorus. Sorry. sorry. The audience listened, you didn't. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's Alone in Monochrome, uh, as I say, one that we're going to finish later. We're in the process of demoing that at the moment. Uh, so yeah, if you liked it, let us know what you think. Uh, any thoughts, improvements, any verses, any lyricos, which is Spanish for lyrics. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a segment we thought it'd be kind of nice, uh, just a way to keep you like, updated on what the band's at musically. Yeah. There's another way to keep you up to date musically without having to actually release any music. Mm, it's so I love handy. it. handy. Move that over there, will you? Yes. So yeah, and that, that concludes one I'll finish later. We get to hear ones we'll finish later. And we move on to the final section for today. It's that old say it of your catchphrase. That old chestnut? Yes. That that old chestnut. That old chestnut. Not that old chestnut. That old chestnut. Uh, this is have I got tunes for you. Have 
I got tunes for you, uh, where we just recommend an album for you to listen to in the month before the next episode. That was really non-committal the way I said that. But we're here now. <laughs> My uh, thingy is Where Are All The Nice Girls? Any Trouble? Fantastic. I love that album. It is a fucking brilliant album, to be fair. I do. It's one of the... I, I, I like music. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of bands I like. Found Wayne and Any Trouble are two bands... That I know, I probably actually Tonic for Troops is that. There's a very few select albums that I know inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Any Trouble album inside out. I know every single track on it. There's albums that I absolutely love, but there's tracks that I would skip. There isn't a track that I would skip on this album. Yeah, because I hadn't properly listened to the album until this month. It's mad how I spoke with an album for maybe four years and Niall did for ten years before that. And you. Only listened to it last month. Yes. No, I've 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 listened to it. I've, <laughs> I've listened wow, to it, but Ross. properly for absolute years. Second choice has been on my desert island discs. Yesterday's love, another great song. Yeah. Second choice is one of those sublimely written slices of pop. Mm-hmm. A pristine, perfect picture of pop perfection. Some other Nicholson joke with No, it's just me talking. <laughs> it kind of turned into Daffy Duck at the end. Yeah, there. it was. Yeah. Yeah, what what else, what other tracks do you like in it? All of them. Great. <laughs> I really like Honolulu. That's one of those albums where side two doesn't miss a beat or falter at all. You reckon everyone should go listen to that? I reckon absolutely everybody should, yes. My uh, Have I Got Tunes for You this month uh, is The Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, interesting. And their eponymous album. Uh, mm. Now, it's because I really admire bands who, through an inadvisable amount of irreverence and desire to entertain, totally cancel out any level of credibility. Yeah, yeah. The Presidents of the United States of America <laughs> are amazing players. They don't use their powers for evil, but they don't use them for good either. They use them for laughs. Yeah, for chaos, maybe. They are agents of hilarious chaos. Hilar chaos. Chaos hilarious. Um, but it's an album of really short songs, some fantastic sounds, like really fuzzy, garagey, great chorus, things like that. A favourite song of mine and Ross's is Naked and Famous. Mm-hmm. They also have tracks like uh, Kitty. With the chorus. Yes. The, the lyrics are just uh, kitty at my foot and I want to touch it. Kitty at my foot and I want to touch it. <laughs> kitty at my foot and I want to touch it. I want to touch it. And then kitty scratches me through my jeans. And the song ends with "fuck you, kitty." You're gonna spend the night outside. Uh, Dune buggy as well with a little bug. Uh, back porch as well with an old man's back, back porch. Back perennial favorite. Uh, perennial. Yeah. We're not gonna make it as well. A, a song about a band knowing they're not gonna be successful. Uh, Peaches as well. Obviously, a big song. Yeah. Uh, Lump. As well. That's filled with crackers. It's like a big box of Ritz crackers. Yeah. <laughs> put that fucking album in a box and put Ritz on the fucking outside of it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say Ritz. I'd say Tuck. <laughs> yeah. The bass player had like one string on his guitar. The guitar he did, player didn't two. he? The drum kit was like a tiny miniature ch- child's kit as well. They did everything they could to make it hard for them to be successful and they were still pretty successful. Yeah. Once you get past the funny sheen, the songs are great. The yeah. Class and all that. And... They do funny songs. They don't do comedy songs. It's a very important very distinction. D- it's strictly delineated. Very important distinction. It's the difference between Jake Thackeray and Les Dawson. <laughs> That's exactly. Uh, the lead singer now writes children's music, uh, which is a logical but slightly disappointing path. My album, Wreck, uh, is the second album by the Flying Breeder Brothers. Um, Gilded Palace of Sin. No, with follow-up. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah, the first album is like very uh, deservedly considered to be like a landmark moment in the development of you know Americana, country rock, you know all sorts of fusion with you know bringing all different strands of American musical tradition together and wearing some pretty cool suits while doing it on the album cover. Uh, and then the second album, everyone says Breed of Deluxe. It's like oh yeah, big step down, recording a hurry, 
not that many good songs on it. Uh, these people are liars, <laughs> and they are hell bent on killing the enjoyment of uh, people who want to hear a good house rock and Americana country fusion album. Is it like Mason Ramsey? Almost as good as Mason Ramsey. Is it like yeah. Lil Nas? Nowhere near as good as Lil Nas. If, it, do, if this doesn't giddy up, it better get out of my way. This album has giddy up in fucking spades, and it's more rocking than the first album. The first album's great. But this has like a fucking joyous take on If You Gotta Go, Go Now, the Dylan track. It's got uh, Older Guys, which is a brilliant song, covered by Teenage Fan Club on Jules Holland in the 90s. Fantastic song. Lazy Day is another great song. I believe the first recording of Wild Horses before the Stones even did it. Then you have like Man in the Fog, which is like this weird like polka fucking thing. It sounds like the band from Home Alone fucking did it. Great, great album, really underrated. People think it's a weak follow-up to a great first album. It's actually a strong fucking sophomore effort. You never sounded more like Roger Ebert and all music. If they fed all the all music reviews and Roger Ebert into an AI and asked to spit out a sentence, it would say solid sophomore effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love Americana shit. Uh, so much I think it's really cool I think America's cool I think cowboys are cool I think country music is cool I think rock and roll is cool so if you think all those things are fucking cool get on down to Burrito Deluxe and just one more thing about Flying Burrito Brothers uh, <laughs> obviously Graham Parsons is in the band but so is Chris Hillman from Birds Chris Hillman has really cool hair in this era so another thing to enjoy about that album not about any trouble they they're very hair. good they have no hair <laughs> they're balding yeah they're balding in their mid-twenties in their mid-twenties shockingly sad Yes, uh, and that concludes the Biker Tunes for you, and also sadly for you, but not for us, because finally we're done and we can get <laughs> on with practicing. Uh, that concludes this episode of Higher Fidelity. All that's left for us to do is uh, say, uh, This is Pete, Evan, and Ross from Higher Fidelity reminding you to be rooting, be tooting, always be shooting, but most importantly, be, be kind. kind. At the top of your feet, it's